This Adult Life, the podcast with myself, Mark. And myself, Fiona. And today we're talking about a topic that affects how many people? 70% of people in their lives may experience this. Wow. And uh, what does Tom Hanks, Emma Watson, Gwyneth Paltrow and Michelle Obama all have in common? Well, you're going to have to stay tuned to find out. We'll be talking about a thing today called imposter syndrome. And you may go, well, I don't think that ever has affected me. Or did it? Mm-hmm. On that note, we'll cue the music. You're very welcome to the podcast, This Adult Life. Yes, you are very welcome to the show for another podcast talking about today something that you may not even know you're kind of suffered from or even had a problem with. It's called imposter syndrome or also known as imposter phenomenon. And it's also called a few other names. We'll talk about that in a while. But uh, did you ever hear about this term, Fiona, before we talked about it before the show? Had you ever heard about it? Um, Only recently I heard about it. Uh, Two people actually heard of recent talk about it and I was like what is it what's imposter syndrome that sounds like you know something wrong it sounds bad yeah or sinister but this is the thing and there is a statistic that 70% of people will actually experience imposter syndrome whatever you want to call it 70% of people experience it but I will say this as well of the people I chat with whether it be Skype sessions or group workshops or whatnot the amount of people that I suppose, come forward and this is there. It's one of those undercurrent uh, things. And a lot of people don't know what it is and therefore don't know how to deal with it because they haven't even identified the problem. And the first part of getting over or growing or moving forward is know what it is, the problem, and then we can move and getting over it. So that's what we said. We have to do a, um, a podcast on this because it comes up so often. And you know what? When they say 70% of people suffer with this, regardless of age, well, then we need to talk about it. And hence, here we are. Yes. So imposter syndrome, let's explain exactly what it is. Now you looked mm-hmm. up the definition of imposter. That well, was, a, that was yeah. a good one. So the actual definition of the word imposter, it means a person who pretends to be someone else in order to deceive others, especially for fraudulent gain. Ooh. Now, <laughs> that's what the word imposter on its that's own what it means. means. What really imposter syndrome is though, just so you can get yeah. your head around it, is basically someone who feels like they're that person. They feel like an imposter. Yeah. Because I suppose if I put it like this, you know, if I ask you the questions and maybe as you're listening to this, you're, you can think to yourself, but, you know, have you ever felt like, for example, you're over your depth, that you're kind of like, oh, I'm in this position or I'm in this job or I'm in this business or this place in my life or even a spouse can feel this sometimes or, if they're, you know, a, a mum to new kids can feel like an imposter and not in, in a sinister sense, but just like, I'm just not qualified. I'm over my depth here. What am I doing? How can I, or how can someone call me mum? You know, or even dad. Um, and like when you're in that place, or what about this? You, you feel like you're, I suppose, not up to par and that what if someone finds you out? That mm. kind of feeling of, my goodness, I might get caught out. Mm. Or have you suffered, say for example, with self-doubt or feeling that you're just not good enough or you're getting away with it. You're kind of faking it. That's the kind of fraudulent side of it where you feel... I'm doing this, but one day, you know, the house of cards could come tumbling down and people will catch me out and understand and know that, oh, I shouldn't have been there. I was an imposter. (laughs) So it's all that kind of inner chat that goes on in our heads and it can cause severe anxiety for people and it can be a, a daily feeling like a fraud or feeling like a fake and that one day you'll probably be found out you shouldn't really be doing what you're doing or in that position you're in yeah and that's kind of what it is and if you can answer those questions that you will yeah that's kind of me sometimes well then maybe you've got this thing called imposter syndrome 
I know we said 70% of people experience this thing, but at the same time, it doesn't have to be something that you can experience or have to experience forever. It is completely fixable. It's not like something faulty in your brain or anything. It's just a thinking pattern that needs to change. But we'll get to that a little bit later on. Yeah. Or it could be like, you know, some people who are in a job and they feel like they don't deserve to be in that position. You know, they could feel like, oh, I only got this job because I know I knew somebody who got me the job and they don't feel qualified enough to be in a certain position. And then they could be afraid then, oh, my God, my friends or colleagues and work are actually going to find out that I should. I am. I'm a fraud. But it doesn't actually mean that you are a fraud. It's just the fear of you're thinking, thinking you are like you shouldn't be in that position when you're more than capable of being in that position. So it's kind of like self-confidence. Lacking a self-confidence as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of like, basically, it's it's a few things like that. Yeah, like, it's called a few names as well. It's called imposter phenomenon, imposter syndrome, fraud syndrome. And it's even called the imposter experience. So you'll see it written about quite often. But it's kind of like, do you know when you get a car, say, and your car is a black car? Then all of a sudden you start seeing black cars around. Yeah. You know, you're kind yeah. of open up. So you don't realize how much this is probably written about until you're now aware or alerted to it and go, yeah, actually, you'll see it's quite, it's mentioned in a lot of business books, self-belief books and stuff like that. It does get mentioned quite often, but maybe it doesn't get quite mentioned enough because I suppose if you're thinking 70% of people suffer with this thing, maybe this should be discussed a little bit earlier in life rather than later in life when mm-hmm. we kind of have to go searching for it. But there you go. But that's kind of what it is. Um, and it's that thinking pattern that, you know, you're out of your depth and your fear of being caught out because you shouldn't be there. But I will say this, right? You know, the amount of celebrities and people who are in such amazing positions, amazing jobs who feel this, and we'll get to those kind of stories in a while. A lot of the time, whether you get to that position by your on your own merit, like by your, you know your qualifications, you went for the interview and you got the job, and mm. there you go. And you maybe maybe if it's something like oh, I stretched my CV a little bit, I jazzed it up, I gave it a <laughs> bit of juju. It's not exactly accurate, but it's accurate enough. You know, like maybe or Jerry, you know, when you watch like The Apprentice, and yeah, they're reading, that. they you know, when they kind of go in with their um their proposal oh, their cv their, yeah, and their and cv that, yeah. and it's so like sometimes jazzed up to the <laughs> nines right but what's interesting is and if you haven't seen the apprentice basically you, you'll have a super wealthy businessman who will take on an apprentice and you've got kind of 12 people fighting for the position over the course of whatever time that's the that's the show Google great it. show yeah really good we love it yeah but anyway so you go in they go in with their kind of cv and they give this pre- presentation and in the one we saw it wasn't the, it was the apprentice but it was more he's going to go into business with the person. So he had to jump through all the hoops over the few weeks of all the tests and all that kind of stuff. But basically, um, Lord Sugar yeah. um, was going to go into business with the idea, um, the business idea that was the best and with the person who he deemed was the best character for the job. Anyway, they read out their proposals and they're saying, so you're going to turn over, you know, 50 grand in the first year. In the second year, year two, it's going to be <laughs> half a million. Year three, it's going to be five million. And you'll see how did you come up with these numbers? And they're like the, the blank look and yeah. then you've got the tumbleweed blown through and it's like brilliant. You, the person may feel like an imposter if they're kind of going, well, you know, but so what I mean by that is sometimes when we get into a position, whether it be like a CV that's jazzed up or if someone kind of gave us a leg up, as they say, and someone says, you know what, I'm going to help you and your business. So you kind of have this overnight success all of a sudden. Imposter syndrome can really flourish, or, or should we say it can be the breeding ground for that? Because then those people feel, well, I didn't earn this like everyone else in business. Yeah. I'm like an overnight success. And yeah. here I am, like the instant success story. People like that can sometimes feel like imposters because they go, well, everyone else worked really hard to build their business. And 
I didn't have to work as hard as others because I had an opportunity. But you know what? That's the thing. When opportunities come, they're there to take, you know, to be taken. Yeah. And it doesn't take away what you're getting. Some people say, oh, listen, like you've heard the word nepotism. Yeah. And basically when someone, say a family business, and you've got like, you know, loads of people working in the business, say, right, whatever amount of people. But then the son starts working in the business and automatically he's promoted into like the assistant manager yeah, and then the yeah. manager. And then the manager who was there for 20 years is now feel like, this young book who's just walked in just because he's <laughs> he, just because he's the son of the owner i'm going to be replaced by him you know and sometimes you can even see it for the person who's given that position like the son mm. they can sometimes feel a little bit of imposter syndrome because they feel like oh man i, I didn't really earn this only because i'm the son of yeah. the owner like yeah so it can come in any shapes and forms you know mm. and it, for whatever difference there's probably a million scenarios we could kind of go through but imposter syndrome basically it's feeling that you've you're in a position that you haven't really earned or maybe you don't feel qualified for or maybe you feel that you're like you faked it to get there and you'll kind of have to continue faking it until one day you're found out and that can cause many a sleepless yeah. night. But do you think if somebody has imposter syndrome, mm. do you think somebody who, let's say, is an actual imposter? Yeah. Right. So somebody who is a fraud, someone who deceives others to get to get fraudulent gain right yeah. so there is somebody who is like that right let's say yeah i'm sure there is people like that in the world there is they would not fear the fact that they may be they may have imposter syndrome the only thing they fear is probably the legal <laughs> side of it or being caught out by the police you they know wouldn't what i mean care. they wouldn't care no yeah so that's the thing and i think that's the that's the irony of it yeah An actual imposter doesn't really suffer from imposter syndrome no they're intentionally doing it so if you're if if you're somebody who thinks, oh, my gosh, I have imposter syndrome, you know, mm -hmm. well, that's the answer to your question, because if you were an imposter, yeah. you wouldn't actually be fearing the fact that you were this type of person Basically. because you wouldn't want to be that type of person. Well, it's kind of like, right, and it's a nice segue to what I was going to talk about, because um, Tom Hanks, an amazing actor, right? Yeah. And there's loads of them, and I'll mention a few of them as we go through. But like Tom Hanks, he made a movie back in, I think it was 2016 when it was released. Um, it was called A Hologram for the King. Right. And basically, um, in the movie, it's about a businessman. No, I've not seen the movie. Right? right. But I did see the interview about the movie and the article written about it and all that mm. kind of stuff. And basically, he said, I really related to this businessman with this success story, etc. Because it, I have suffered from, because obviously the movie's about imposter syndrome and whatnot. But he said, I've suffered like that business person. I, I can really understand that. And, and here's a guy, right? And I was like, this is amazing. So I have the article. I'll read a little bit of it. He's appeared in more than 70 films and TV shows, right? He's won two Academy Awards. Um, so this is Tom Hanks. And he says that, and this is quote unquote, no matter what we've done, there comes a point where you think, how did I get here? That's his quote, Tom wow. Hanks. Now, I mean, I, we love Tom Hanks. Everyone knows Tom Hanks. Everyone knows Tom Hanks. You know, from back in the days of Big, uh, right up until Castaway. And Castaway. All those great, what was the name of the ball? Wilson. Wilson. Uh, just testing. No. Anyway, so like, you know, but we all love Tom Hanks and he's, he seems like, I actually follow him on Instagram. He actually seems like a really nice guy and he does really nice things for people, like just random and he doesn't have to, like he's just genuinely good for being good. I love right. that. So he seems like a nice guy. But anyway, so Tom, you know, if you ever want to hang out, just, you know. <laughs> There's always, a, there's always, uh, well, there's always a seat on our table for Tom Hanks. <laughs> but no, like, here's the thing, because, you know, he went through it where he said, you know, you've got actors going through the struggle of trying to get these jobs of acting. And now, you know, by hook or by crook, by opportunity or whatever you want to call it, um, you know, he's now in a position where he's he's made it, you know. Yeah. And he kind of felt like a fraud. He really suffered from, badly from imposter syndrome. 
you've got someone super successful and still has that doubt. But that quote he said, no matter what we've done, there comes a point where you think, how did I get here? And I suppose to follow on from that, the imposter syndrome says not just how did I get here, but it's saying it in the sense of how did I get here? Should I be here? Am I able for this? Do I deserve it? Do I earn it? And there's actually different types of imposters, which syndromes, which we can talk about, um, which I read. But do you know who else had imposter syndrome? Really bad. And this is openly, they've said it in interviews. No. Gwena Paltrow. So like, so you know the way she's kind of in all her health food and stuff like that, whatever else. But she said that, you know, there I am sitting in a meeting and they're talking about terms like, you know, CEO and CMO and did, 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 did. And she goes, I didn't even like for a lot of these terms and these things, I would just nod my head as if I knew what they were talking about. And she said, I had no clue. And I would write it down and I would say, I must find out what that means or what that abbreviation means. You know, business terms yeah, and different yeah. things. And she had no clue. And she said it used to freak her out. She'd be so uncomfortable. You know, her stomach would be in a knot. And I remember seeing the interview about it. And she said, I felt like such a out of my depth how am I even here I've just acted in a couple of movies and now I'm talking business with all these successful people and whatever else have you and what's amazing is that no matter where I suppose the person finds success or how they find success imposter syndrome can come in at any time now there are people who are like the high flyer you know big movies big movie stars whatever else but I thought it's yeah. a good example because if it's going to affect them with their great success um, it can affect Joe Soap you know, who's running the business of one person, you know, maybe it's just yeah. him. So it can affect everybody. Yeah. Well, 70%, as we said, Which is of true. people. Mm-hmm. But you know, also when I was reading up about this, do you know who else suffers or can suffer with um, this imposter syndrome is perfectionists. That is actually one type of the, the um, of one of one of the imposter syndrome names. Just there's five, there's five types of imposter syndrome. The perfectionist. Well, I said, yeah. when I read out the, the, what I wrote in the blog about it, by the way, the perfectionist. Is, yeah, there is okay. a blog on this um, on my website, markfinal.e, by the way, called The Imposter. Um, but basically, it says, uh, they set excessively high goals for themselves. And when they fail to reach a goal or task, they experience major self-doubt and worry about measuring up. They never acknowledge their successes, but focus on the failures. Even if 90% of the task was successful, they will focus on the 10% that didn't go exactly to plan. Yeah, that's because they're perfectionists. That's perfectionists. <laughs> but that's kind of, when it comes to the imposter syndrome, it was actually um, Dr. Valerie Young, got to give her credit for this because she was the one who wrote the book about the five types. Okay, um, okay. Just so you know. So what are the other types then? Because? Because there are more. Um, there is the superman or superwoman imposter, right? right? So they're convinced they are fake among colleagues, right? So they, they're working in a business or yeah. wherever they're at, and they feel that they're a fake. And they try to be superhuman by pushing themselves to work harder and harder to measure up. But, um, but it's just a false cover-up for their insecurities. And the work overload sometimes becomes too much for them. So like, because they're working all the time, every given hour, just to measure up. They're trying to almost be superhuman. They think if I just work every hour I have, obviously the work-life balance goes out the, the window. It's work, 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 trying to get ahead, trying to get to the top. So the Superman or Superwoman, basically they get it wrong when it comes to the work-life balance because what happens is the balance goes out the window and it becomes work, work, work because they just feel the more work and I suppose going to be almost like superhuman because it's impossible to work 24 hours a day. But, you know, they literally just push themselves to the limit in order to keep their head in the game, but also to be not found out because they feel by if I just work loads and loads and loads, I'll get away with it. You know, so they push themselves yeah. too much. But another one is the natural genius. Basically, it's if they take too long to master something, they feel discouraged. So they kind of feel that, look, I should be able to get this first time. This should come easy for me if it's meant to be for me. Yeah. But what happens is when it's taking effort or work, 
they then kind of go it's not happening as quick as I want it to happen. It's not moving as fast as I want it to happen. Uh, is, am I not meant to be in this job? Am I not meant to be in this place? The, the doubt sets in and they feel like an imposter because yeah. they feel that naturally it should just all happen. Um, and sometimes that can be where, you know, maybe they've had a, a life where they've been kind of naturally good at things. And then when something's not naturally coming to them, this kind of goes around. It's counterintuitive. counterintuitive yeah. And they kind of go, hang on a minute. This is not normally how I am. So it could be that too. Yeah. But it's not always that case. It's just like basically some people saying, well, look, how come everyone else can pick this up really easy and I can't? Oh, that means I shouldn't be here. Do you know yeah. that kind of way? So yeah. it's it's sometimes comparing ourselves as well, which is another yeah. thing Yeah, and well. some people are just naturally good at different yeah. like. Well, comes, for sure. It comes easier to them. Well, like you've got like nephew, a nephew and a niece and one, one studies like every hour and the other doesn't and they both do brilliant in exams. Like, so yeah, it, yeah. it's natural ability. But yeah. sometimes we, it's not that we feel we're a natural genius, but it's like, it's like a belief in our heads that, well, it should come naturally if it's meant to be. And sometimes it doesn't always come no. out, uh, naturally. Sometimes you have to work a little bit harder things. So there is that as well. Yeah. Um, what about this one? The soloist sufferers who feel as though asking for help reveals their fakeness. So they never ask for help. Oh. So they're like, they're like a soloist. So they, they kind of feel, well, if I ask for help, I get caught out. People will know I don't know it. I, I'm meant to know it if I'm in this you know, place. I suppose it's like going back to Tom Hanks, an actor. You know, he felt imposter syndrome. He's probably around like these amazing directors and amazing actors and, you know, other actors and whatnot. And he's probably thinking to himself, they know their craft. And I don't know, you know, all the bits and all the ins and outs, you know, yeah. he, like, he might be thinking something like that. But it's amazing because the amount of actors that have experienced it, um, but not just actors, like Michelle Obama has said it. She said, you know, I mean, I mean, this was the first lady of America. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like what she has said that she was like, how did I get here? Why me? Why? How am I here? Am I really, should I be the first lady? Am I qualified to be the first lady? And and it's amazing how many people, Emma Watson was another, Michelle Pfeiffer was another one. So, I mean, all these, you know, great successful people and they've all felt imposter syndrome. That's just a few to mention. I, I know there's more. Yeah, the soloists suffer anyway. They feel they don't want to ask for help or can't ask for help. But could you imagine though, being like Barack Obama's wife, like, and there you are in the White House. You're thinking, here's little old me in the White House. You know, lots of responsibility. Gosh. So, you know, I can understand it, but it's amazing that people are people and humans are humans. Yeah. And, and these thoughts can happen to anybody. So. And then there's another one, the fifth one, is the expert. They measure their um, competence based on what and how much they know or can do. Feeling that to do something, they must be an expert at it in order to qualify themselves as worthy of doing that task or job. Um, mm. so it's basically based on an insecurity about like their intelligence stuff but bottom line is they feel that to do what they're doing they have to be deemed an expert now to be deal deemed an expert you have to have worked 10,000 hours in that oh right field that's kind of the, the gauge right yeah um, didn't know that yeah 10,000 hours is kind of the you qualify as an expert that's just okay. the kind of a thing 10,000 hours it's a lot of time would I I'm just thinking would I have cooked 10,000 hours yet in my life because then I'd be an expert um, cook um, or I'm not sure. an expert cleaner. Uh, I've definitely done 10,000 hours of cleaning in the house. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I do my fair share as well here. Let's, let's not, it's not all one sided here. So it's kind of like people who are always going on courses and yeah, like upskilling and Go going on. to extra trainings exactly. and stuff. And when I do this, then I'll start. You know, oh, well, I do one more course. Oh, I don't actually know enough about that area. So I'll do that area before Absolutely. I start. You know, like, so it kind of puts starting off. It stops them. Yeah. I mean, I, I if they basically go, oh, I'll do it when, I'll do it when. And they keep kind of have to do this. Like, 
I knew one person in school and she, I mean, went back to do more courses and was in college. Now, maybe she just didn't like the idea of work. I don't know. <laughs> but I don't think she finished college. She was 29 or something, you know, and doing different courses. It wasn't all even the one thing. So yeah. if you've got the entrepreneur bug, you'll just kind of do it. But what can happen or hold back entrepreneurs sometimes or business people when they're setting up something is, Oh, every all the ducks have to be in a row. Everything has to be perfect, you know. Mm. And you'll always read and all these books by all the people who say, you know, motivational speakers and whatnot. Just do it. You have to just yeah. start because if you keep, you know, kicking the ball down the road, you're never going to get it. You know, so yeah. you have to just literally start and get it as much ready to to start. But it doesn't have to be perfect to start because if you're waiting for it to be perfect, you'll never, never start. Because never be perfect. And come here, have a great story about Microsoft. Oh, I love stories. So Microsoft. They begin every project knowing that they will send out like their software mm -hmm. with bugs. That's why I use Apple. Just saying. Yeah, Apple's just say better. But you know why? You know, because you know why they do this? Why? Because they say if they tried to make it perfect, it would never be finished. So that means they just focus on it being good enough. That's true. But you know what? I'm sure Apple is probably guilty of the same thing because I know when I update my phone, I don't know what the story is. You update your phone and then it goes slower. I hate updating. I don't know. Every time. It puts me off updating for that reason. Yeah. But anyway, um, so yeah. So that being said though, I think when it comes to like you were saying about Microsoft and whatnot, I think it is a good story. To, it's a good metaphor. It's good. I suppose a life lesson as well. If you're going to start to do something, it doesn't have to be perfect. Just yeah. start. Yeah. That's it. It's good enough. Send yeah. it out. But you see the perfectionist people that have me like scratching nails on a, on a, on a chalkboard. Like it's, too hard it's to just do. like, no, no, too no. hard to do. But then there's a 30% of people who don't experience mm -hmm. imposter syndrome. So what is the difference? Like there's 30% of people in the same job as somebody who feels like an imposter syndrome or the same position, but they don't actually ever feel it. They probably suffer other stuff. But no, like <laughs> I, I think what it comes down to is it's really that self-belief. And it's not believing that you're, you know, the best. It's just believing that you're good enough. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. Um, and that you're worthy of the position you're in. You know, like like when someone becomes a new mum, they, they can sometimes feel... How am I going to be responsible for another human being? I can barely look after myself. Yeah. Right now, I mean, I've seen this in emails loads of times from people. Yeah. Um. It was funny. Like I was talking to one client there, would be last year now, but, and I remember, she just felt so just very anxious and just overwhelmed. And when we broke it down, she really was suffering with imposter syndrome, being a new mum. She just felt she was out of depth. That was her real thing, you know, when you got to the nooks and nuts and bolts of it. So it can affect everybody and it can affect anybody. But really it comes down to self-belief and knowing that you are who you are. You can only do your best. And when opportunities come, take them. And when you're in a position in life, you know, that's where it is. Take the bull by the horns, as they say, and just accept that, you know, that you're the best for the job. And, and I would even go as far as say this, just accept that it's meant to be. Mm -hmm. Don't try to figure it all out. It's meant to be. If you're doing something or someplace or whatnot, it's meant to be, you know, and take the bull by the horns and don't let anyone tell you different. Because the people, will, there will be people, you know, in, in, in certain, I suppose, competitive businesses will, will try and, you know, I suppose, tell you or imply that you're not as good or you shouldn't be there. You know, mm -hmm. that's just the, I suppose, doggy dog, horrible yeah. competition thing. Um, but at the same time, you know, so you will get that going on. You just have to say, you know what, I'll do, I, all I can do is my best. And it's meant to be, and here I am, let's just go do it. And it is that. It's not overthinking it, I suppose, which we can all be guilty of. But it's just, yeah, just yeah. basically accepting it. I'm good enough. Everyone can grow. You might start off a job, and you know, whenever you start off a job, 
you don't know all the ins and outs. There's lots to learn, even the simple stuff. But fast forward six months or even a year, that simple that stuff was hard to learn at, at the start. You now know it. Then yeah. you're on to the next, you know, next level. So just give yourself time and a bit of grace and don't be so hard on yourself, I suppose. Yeah. And it's actually a good place to say that. We actually did a podcast a few weeks ago True. on self belief. So that is right. if you haven't heard it, it's a good place to go to right now if you're somebody who um has imposter syndrome. It can be a help for sure. No, yes. definitely. But I've got actually 12 keys. Or even if you don't have imposter syndrome, it's a good podcast to, to listen to. Definitely, because self-belief comes in different ways, yeah. in different forms. It may not be imposter syndrome, it might be something else. Um, But I have 12 keys to um, overcome it, Great. understand it and Let's you know go. get rid of them get rid of the whole imposter thing anyway so number one is understand that many people feel like this it's not just you because sometimes feeling like like we say the soloist you know no one else in the room feels like this you could be in a room with five people and four of you are feeling like this so not that you're going to bring it up in a conversation in a you know the boardroom but at the same time know that other people feel like this and mm. you know it's okay to feel like this but don't let that feeling win out so be honest with yourself and know that other people deal with it number two you know ask yourself right who do you think you're fooling and who do you fear may expose you? Like confront that little bit of a fear, for example. So say the person who's the new manager in the job. Well, look, who do you actually, you know, who do you feel you're fooling? Like, so you might say, well, the employees and stuff and other managers or assistant managers or even my CEO. Did okay, now, how are you actually fooling them realistically? Have you done something wrong in your job? Have you made mistakes? Oh yeah, I have made mistakes. Cause everyone makes mistakes. <laughs> Are you doing your best? Yeah, well then that's all they see, that you're just yeah. doing your best. So so that's one part of it too. And I'd say as well, who do you feel is gonna expose you? Mm. Like I remember working with one guy and you know he had a business, it was just his own business and stuff. And he felt like he, he was putting together a presentation mm. and he felt like, what's my presentation is just not as good as everybody else's. Like, what am I gonna do? And I'm like, well, just just do your best. There's, it's a simple answer, and I know it sounds so easy, but at the same time, just do your best. And what do you think they're gonna say? Do you think they're gonna stand up and go, this guy's a fraud, that was a joke, get him out of here. That's not gonna happen. And here's why that's not gonna happen. Because you're feeling like, you know, he was feeling like an imposter, it, it meant he cared. And I said, if yeah. you care, you know, about this job so much that even you're afraid of being perceived as a fraud, because you care, your presentation will be at least average or better, yeah. right? It's not gonna be crap. And and that was the kind of the headspace he got into, I'll just do my best. Afterwards, he had the best presentation clearly by a mile on the day because he cared. So, you know, don't see it as all negative. You know, what I'm saying is basically know that who's gonna actually call you out and do you think will they actually call you out? Most likely they won't. Yeah. Yeah, because sometimes like we can be our own worst critics. Absolutely. I think the, the worst critic of all is us to ourselves sometimes and it's not easy. Here's another one. So if you're trying to get over it, right, the key number three is recall success. So recall to your success, rather than thinking of where this could go wrong or where it's going wrong, recall to yourself and refocus on the successes, however small they may have been and go, well, you know what? I did do this and I achieved that and I did do that. So, you know, recall to yourself your successes and the little wins you've had in life. Maybe you've got some big ones. And remind yourself of those things. And even if those wins and successes were in a completely different career or a completely different path, it doesn't matter, recall them. And what you're doing is you're reminding yourself that no, hang on, I can do stuff and I can actually do it well, no matter how big it was. Like, you know, even down to, I remember seeing um, a friend share a thing on Instagram, they painted like a table yeah. in this really cool color. She was so happy about it, she was like, wow i'm so this is so cool i actually painted i don't know if she sprayed it or painted it, but she right. basically painted this piece of furniture and it looked cool what color was it 
I think it was gold or something. It was, it was gold. Okay. And then she went and did, I'm going to paint more stuff. And she started painting more stuff, you know, whatever else have you. But here's what I'm going to say is, and you're thinking, but she's painting tables. But if, say, if she's in her job and then one day she's feeling like, what if I'm a fraud on my job? Well, I would say, well, remind yourself when you've had those little successes, even something like that table, which is completely different to what you're doing now. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Remind yourself of the time you took initiative and you had success. And it doesn't have to be exactly in the job you're in right now. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's kind of like building your confidence. It is. It could be like awards or something Whatever. that you've gotten in the past. It's kind of like reminding you that you can do this. Basically, you're kind of telling yourself, well, hang on a minute. I know there's loads of possible negatives or possible failure opportunities, but look at the ones where, look at the past and look at the success. And yeah. um, four, feedback. Remind yourself of what positive feedback you've received from people. Well, listen, remind yourself of the times when people actually said, good job, well done. Maybe yeah. it was a text message or something on, online. But remind yourself of the time when you got positive feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes that happens companies. You know, they can get to a place where they're kind of growing so fast and they're becoming really popular, say. And then all of a sudden they're thinking, oh man, how are we going to sustain this? How are we going to keep here? Mm. Well, listen, remind yourself of the positive feedback you've had because that's why you're there. Yeah. And focus on that. And obviously have your testimonials on your website and stuff if you want or whatever the case may be. But, yeah. you know, read them yourself if you need to. <laughs> Again, gaining confidence. It is. That's yeah. what it's all about. It's basically, I suppose, counteracting the negative thoughts with the thoughts of not just positive ones, but but thoughts of fact and saying, yeah. well, the fact is I did this, I got that. And they, you know, this person was delighted, happy customers, whatever the case. But do check your inner chatter, key five, right? Key five. But no, it is. <laughs> I, I put numbers on them just so I remember them. But basically, um, key five is check your inner chatter because, you know, it's our inner dialogue. The t- like the, I suppose the, the talk in our heads that is, like you mentioned, you know, we can be our own worst critic. It's the talk in our heads that can cause a problem. And here's what I'm going to say. Hold it to accountability. So... If, for example, the thought in your head goes, oh man, if, if you went to this boardroom and you don't know the answer to that question or they ask you something you don't know or blah, 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 blah. What you need to do is, you know, remember in your head that before you go into that meeting, now hang on a minute, I may not know how, how I may not have all the answers, but I'm not going to fear being asked a question I don't have because that inner chat can derail you before a meeting. You're going into a meeting and you're like, what if they ask me this and I don't know the answer? And then your brain just wants to focus on that point. Never mind the whole the other 10 things that you're going to It's like a about. distraction. All you can think about is, oh the my negative. God, what if, what if, what so, if. So yeah, hold yourself. So you're not with, focused. Exactly. You're not going to focus on that stuff. So hold yourself into accountability and kind of say to you, hang on, slap out of it. I'm not going to think about what could go wrong because we're here now. I'm just going to go in, do my best, keep the head up. And if I don't know and say, my answer will be, I'll get back to you on that one. And that's it. <laughs> because like, I remember here, um, a story about a, a solicitor who was in a obviously a legal situation and anything they say is kind of the minutes are taken it's written down and whatnot and they were in a bit of a predicament as a solicitor and they were kind of newish in the the arena right and they were asked a question and they said if i say this i could be liable if i say that it could be you know accusational and you know, so they're like i i there was no right or wrong answer i didn't know what to say so what they said was they said I'd like to think about that question and not answer off the bat. That was their response. And I thought that like was it. brilliant. Because they're not sounding <laughs> like they don't know, but they're just being clever in their answers. Because in, <laughs> like in the legal world, you can't, obviously, you've got a yes, be yes, no, be a no, but I like that. I want to think about that. I don't want to just answer off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, and so it's kind of answering, but not answering. <laughs> it's kind of giving an answer to kind of, yeah, I like it. It's good. So check your inner chatter. The talk like, you know, oh, I'll never be able to get through this, or I'm not able for this. Well, change the language to, oh, I love a challenge. Do you know that kind of way? Change it for another. Mm. Don't just say, don't think that. Think something else instead of it. And sometimes the opposite to it. Or, you know, well, the best way to learn is get stuck in. 
you know, or, or I love being in the deep end. It's the best place to learn. Change the statements that are negative to something positive. Simple, but very effective if you do it. Because a lot of people successful in sport and different things like this, that's what they'll do. They'll have like these mantras in their head, which are the opposite. And to counter any negative thoughts that may come in, the mantras come. And the more you get that positive mantra in your head or a statement, oh, I love a good challenge, the easier it then comes. Yeah. And the negative stuff doesn't come as easy. And that's just why it works. Surround yourself as well with supporters. So we all need people. And you know the whole quote, a problem shared is a problem halved. We need people around us. So surround yourself Absolutely. with people who support you. Like people who you can say, oh man, it's going to be a tough one. And you know their answer will be, yeah, you're right. I don't know how you'll get through it. No, you want their answer to be, yeah, but you'll get through it. You've done it before. You'll do good. People who will actually help you get through it. But somebody who, who feels they have imposter syndrome, like if they talk to somebody about it, mm then it's kind of out there. So now they don't actually feel like someone, they're, like they're, you're, they're going to be found out because they've put it out there. Yeah, I mean, it's, I suppose you know what I mean? it's, yeah, because the imposter syndrome works to its strongest when it's never talked about because it's all internal. But when you start talking about it, you start to break it down because you're kind of confronting it. And yes. That's why that works. So yeah, absolutely. It's because it's a fear of somebody finding out you might be some way. Yeah. But when you actually say, I'm actually afraid that you might think that I'm not, I'm crap at my job or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't go saying it to your boss or your colleagues. <laughs> no, I would say it to someone like, else. But, you know, yeah. this, this is the thing. But it's not just even for fear of being found out. It's fearing that you're just not good enough for the job. You know what I mean? Where yeah. It's a completely self-belief thing. So it is good to know that. And I would say this one. I, I would say this to a lot of clients is fill yourself with all the good stuff. Right. Now, I'm not talking ice cream and chocolate and coffee. I'm talking about... <laughs> you know, listen and read like information that builds your self-confidence. Like, you know, yeah. I always talk on about books, but I just think books are so, so good. Anything that helps you or anything that encourages you, you know, whether it be books on Audible or whatever way you want to listen Podcast. to them, read them, podcasts, of course, <laughs> but start to fill yourself with the good stuff yeah. that's going to help you, you know, as a person. Fill yeah. yourself with those things. Don't fill yourself with the horror stories. It's like the whole Google thing. <gasps> I have a sore head. <laughs> you Google it. You start to read worst yeah. case scenarios. <laughs> don't well what you know because it's the worst case scenario is what comes up first yeah so you know focus on that oh it could be just a headache you'll be cracked yeah. um but of course get it checked out by a doctor if you are feeling like you've had it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, and here's another one i love this right think like a non-imposter so you know know that people who don't feel like imposters are no more intelligent or competent or capable than you so basically the people in the room you're in the boardroom say or say you're a mum sitting in a coffee shop and there's all these other mums there and you're feeling like, oh man, they all have it down. They know exactly how yeah. to do mum stuff. And here I am. Well, think of it this way. People who have imposter syndrome will think that way. But people who don't have imposter syndrome, they're no more most likely qualified, no more experienced necessarily, yeah. and no more cleverer than you. Mm -hmm. So you've got two people who become, you know, say two managers one may have imposter syndrome, the other may not. It doesn't mean one is mentally better than the other necessarily. Yeah. Do you know? Because we just all have our strengths. It's just how they think about It's just how they think about themselves. Yeah. And it's really, that's what we got to remind ourselves. It's how we think about ourselves and our abilities. That That's the language and the dialogue we must change is yeah. how we think of ourselves. Because that's really where it comes from. And yeah. that's what feeds imposter syndrome. And self-confidence is a big thing. No, absolutely. And it all resolves or revolves around it. Yeah. Um, and this is what I say is imposter syndrome may come back in the future. Like when you're in a job at first, that's when it can be heightened. And then a year later, two years, it may go away. Or then you get a promotion. It can come back again. But don't fear it coming back. Mm. Know that when it comes back, right, it's probably because you're now being pushed 
you know that kind of way mm. and, and and don't so sometimes people go oh posture syndrome what if i get this when i go for that promotion what if i get, like they kind of they're not even experiencing it in its wholeness but they're imagining feeling it in the future what if i get this what if i get that you know what don't fear imposter syndrome there's nothing wrong with you it's just a thinking pattern that needs to change but here's one i love right and i think this is really helpful for people if you've got imposter syndrome it's the comfort zone right that's what i call this and of course you can read as i say you can read this on the, on the website if you want to have a proper read of it because generally imposter syndrome comes when you're being pushed outside of your comfort zone so when you're growing or moving yeah. forward or going into i suppose un, unknown territory yeah, that's when imposter syndrome can come so in one sense it's a good thing because it means you're not stagnant yeah it means you're living a bit you're stepping out of the boat kind of thing you know you're you're, I suppose you're moving forward, you're growing. So yeah. when you experience imposter syndrome, it's probably because you're getting out of your comfort zone and getting out of your comfort zone is the best place to be. That's where you grow, isn't it? For sure. So they say. Well, it is because, I mean, you're, you know, it's like everything, you know, no pain, no gain. So <laughs> yeah. just see it kind of like that, you know, for sure. Um, but yeah, here's one for you. Feeling like one doesn't mean you are one. And this is the, like you mentioned Feeling at the start, like one. Doesn't mean you are one. Because oh yeah, of course not. No, because you if you were one, you wouldn't feel like it. Basically, yeah. <laughs> like you said at the very start, it's like uh, catch me if you can. Um, you know the guy going around in the Tom Hanks movie. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. He knew he was a fraud. Yeah, he just exactly, didn't want to get caught. Yeah. But he was very confident about being an actual fraud. Yeah. So people who are imposter syndrome generally are not are the last person in the room to be the fraud because yeah. they're just so they're almost fearful of being one. So much so they need yeah. to convince themselves. Whereas they the are person one. who is one is probably confident that they are one generally frauds are and don't care very <laughs> confident people um and here's one for you and this is the last kind of key number 12 the opposite of fraud or fake is authenticity because and that's where the answer lies because being true to yourself and being you is all you can be if you know what i mean that sounds deep but it makes sense right <laughs> authenticity is what is the opposite of an imposter right Authenticity, yeah. because they're authentic they're being themselves they're being real there's no fraud it's just them being them yeah um and that's the thing about when you when you think or imposter syndrome comes along know about yourself that you are thinking like this um because you are in in fear of being a fraud yes but you're not actually a fraud in fact you're being quite the opposite because yeah. you re you reject being a fraud so much you are even in fear of being one yeah so you're you're being very authentic you're actually not being fraudulent at all yeah you know do you know what i read about people actually who who have this fear of imposter syndrome is that they gen um generally can be people who are very honest people yeah um so they hold them they hold themselves in in high accountability they're generally very honest people yeah. because they they feel they have to be you know perfect yeah so they order. feel like they have to be open and honest with every detail of their let's say their cv and their employment history because if i don't tell everybody everything i feel like i'm a fraud so yeah. you can see how it can generally be people who are very open and honest yeah exactly people. yeah i mean it isn't being it's not about being perfect or you know always trying to be right you know i mean it's it's not you know overworking or feeling inferior or all these kind of things that we discussed you know throughout the show today and um, but instead it's basically doing your best and it's it's living a balanced life you know where work-life balance so you're not kind of overdoing it too much mm -hmm. and you're just being true to you and being you because authenticity will always stand the test of time and people like um people who are true to themselves because mm. that's the biggest thing in, in in life sometimes it's not what you know um it can be who you know but at the same time 
that'll get you so far but when when you're being authentic when you're just being real yeah people love people who are real yeah um and that's the key the key to being the best salesperson is not to being the most convincing it's 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 being the most trustworthy the best salespeople are the trustworthy ones the ones you can trust yeah you know because people you know they you've heard the saying before probably in in business terms or whatnot but they say people buy people they don't buy your product they they buy into you first yeah. people buy people who they like they know, know and trust and trust so just being yourself will actually bring you further in life than trying you know to fake it do you know that kind of yeah, way yeah. so what you need to understand is that you don't know all the answers but just be you and here's you know the, the important bit of the mantra be the best you can be at what you're doing but don't let it take it out of control where you're working every hour and feeling in fear of being found out you know that kind of way yeah. i mean it's i know it's easier said than done but when you start to understand yourself and break it down because we all have you know our little quirks and things and whatnot but if you're someone who suffered from imposter syndrome break it down for yourself and and kind of realize well, why am i actually feeling like this what can i do but i have my number one point that i gotta make it with this one right when you think you're the imposter or the fraud or the fake or whatever and um, it is actually the real fraudulent thinking that's actually the fraudulent thinking because it's not true yeah right it's simply just not true thinking you are an imposter is if you're thinking you're an imposter is a fake and a false belief it's not accurate ironically so if you're thinking oh i'm an imposter blah 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 blah, blah yes you know no completely not the case whatsoever because if you're thinking that Gosh, way yeah um it's it's almost fraudulent to yourself you're yeah. not being you're not being good to yourself you're not being truthful with yourself does that make sense it does make sense because you wouldn't fear of being an imposter if you were one exactly yeah that's the whole point and that's the number one key so if you're ever feeling imposter syndrome um where you kind of go man am i whatever and all the, the as we ex explained throughout the show well, if you're feeling like, yeah, or you're listening to this podcast or you've read the article on the website and you're going, yeah, oh man, imposter syndrome is really bad. Well, you are the last person in the room that is actually the fraud. Yeah. Because you're holding yourself in accountability where even the thoughts of being one scares you, freaks you out, yeah. makes you stress. So you're the last person in the room, most likely. And and this is the thing, you know, we, we all, we have like online these days and we have all these things where, you know, everyone's like living their best life and you see people like on Instagram and they go, oh my goodness, look, everyone's doing so great out there. Yeah. You're not, you're probably seeing 1% of what true life, you know, and when we see that these great, you know, stars and the first lady of America and all these successful business people. And it, like, if I showed you the emails I get from people and this comes up at some point through the conversations and whatnot or a Skype session or whatever, but when you see the amount of times it comes up for the amount of people and for the type of people it comes up, I'm talking really successful people. And then I'm talking the guy who's a business of one. It can come up for anybody. Yeah. And they're not going to put that on Instagram or Facebook. No. So, you know, don't get into the, oh, they seem to have it all figured out because most of us don't. Mm -hmm. The key is you just do your best and that's it. That's it. What are we doing for next week? On that note, uh, what are we doing for next week? Any ideas? Well, I think it would be mm -hmm. good maybe if we did work-life balance work-life balance just because you mentioned it there and i thought it might be nice well let's do that work-life balance and yeah. um but we'll make it interesting fun and light yes so there you go we're gonna have a bit of crack with the work-life balance that's gonna be the next episode so stay tuned for that and of course if you're listening to us online thank you so much for tuning in today appreciate that of course if you can give us a review five stars would be awesome sauce we should love you and leave you so i've been mark and i've been fiona and you've been great and this is this adult life the podcast We'll see you in the next episode. Have a great week. Bye.